Good morning, and God bless each of you richly this morning. I recently bought some clover seed, a mix, to spread on our pastures and uh, to to have a little uh, richer pasture for the cattle. And I have this seed spreader that I used, we used to spread the seed. I really wanted to fill this with seed and spread seed this morning. I asked Honey if I can do that. And she said, if I clean the church before tonight, before the chorus gets here, I can't. I said, no, I'm not going to. But I just want you to picture uh, a sower going out in the field and sowing seed and spreading the seed. And I want each of you to uh, picture this as yourself going through life spreading seed, because that is really what we're called to do. The title of the message this morning, I've ended up with this title. It's uh, The Sower, the Seed, and the Soils. The Sower, the Seed, and the Soils. A beautiful parable that Jesus taught that deserves our attention. It's worthy to preach over and over again, and it's a seasonal message. I I was thinking of this uh, as I was reading through Jeremiah. Jeremiah used this uh, Analogy, the great prophet calling Israel back to God in their fallen state, in their backslidden state. Uh, they, he described them as forsaking the, the God, the living fountain of water, and uh, hewn, carving their own cisterns that can hold no water. Who would ever think of doing that? Forsaking a fresh fountain of living water, such as Engedi, and carving your own cistern of stale water that can, and a leaking cistern. So he was calling them back to, uh, God again, to repent. And in Jeremiah 4, 3, he uses this analogy, and he calling them back to repent, he tells them to break up their fallow ground and not to sow among thorns. In other, words, what he's, in other words, what he's saying, in their backslidden state of idolatry, break up the soil of your hearts. And, and there's something has to happen in the hearts of Israel. The prophet was crying out to break up the fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. So this revival can happen. And so... So spiritual life can come, and and so God can show himself. God is ready and waiting. But they needed to change their heart. And he also told them to circumcise their hearts and cut away and take away all of the things that uh, have come in and taken the place of, of worship of the true God. So removing those things from their life and their hearts that that are hindering a relationship with God, breaking up the fallow ground and letting God bring revival. And Jesus also 
told a wonderful parable and preached and taught from the Sea of Galilee in a boat and gathered the multitude uh, around the shore. And I love the picture. And Jesus taught this parable somewhere on the Sea of Galilee where multitudes were on the shore listening. So you get the setting. We're going to end up there for our text. But you need, in order to have this uh, spiritual life, a relationship with God, you need all three. You need the sower. Nothing will happen because there's no seed in here. So we can go through the motions all our life without the seed. We have to preach and teach the word, which is the seed of God. The word of God is the seed. And then you need soil that can receive. So the sower, the seed, and the, and the soils. We're going to look at uh, a parable this morning in Matthew chapter 3. It's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I chose Matthew for the text this morning. And we're going to start with the sower. Matthew 13, verse 1. We have the setting. The same day when Jesus went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. So there you have the setting. Jesus in the boat, the multitude on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables. A parable is an earthly story with a... A spiritual meaning. So he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up, and some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, They were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell in good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou in parables? And he said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. I'm going to stop there. He goes on to uh, explain the uh, blindness of many that uh, are in a state of blindness. And I believe from this text that it is... uh, It is important and necessary to have a supernatural light that comes to a person before you can understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying to you, to the multitude, to you. It's given to understand the mysteries. But to them, he's referring to some that are in a state of blindness that cannot get a hold of this. Their eyes are closed, their hearts are hard, and they they are yet in their sins and cannot get a hold of this these truths of the kingdom of God. I'm going to jump down to uh, verse 18. And 
he explains the parable this way. He says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. That is he which received the seed by the wayside, the wayside soil. But he that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but endureth for a while. But when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. I'm going to start with the sower and just encourage everyone here this morning to consider yourself a, a sower. The sower in one of the other parables is, is identified as uh, Jesus or I believe it can be applied to his servants as well because we are the ones who are called to preach the word of God. Jesus is not here anymore, but the life and ministry of Jesus was filled with teaching. And I would have loved to sit under the teaching of Jesus and to hear him teach. He was a, a one who taught with authority and and he taught wherever he went. Teaching was very much a part of his ministry and sowing seed. Here the setting was Sea of Galilee in a boat and just teaching while people gathered around to listen. And I believe that if we understand our mission and our calling, we will find many opportunities to do the very same thing. To teach the mysteries of the kingdom of God and make a lifestyle of it. So the sower is everyone who is saved. Born into the kingdom of God. And I would like to consider preaching and teaching the word of God as a calling for everyone. Many ways that we can do this. Just preach and teach the word. <clears throat> God's method of saving souls is what I want to uh, highlight, but also many ways that we can scatter seed. Little things that we might... Uh, Minimize many times, but they can be powerful in spreading seeds. There's many ways that we can do that, such as passing out tracts or, or, uh, there's many Bible apps that we can add. I have one. I get a verse of the day and I enjoy that. I just get this verse of the day. I get a quote of the day. It just drops into my phone and I, I just love that. Just a verse of the day. And, and it's so easy to click that arrow and send it to three or four people, a verse. And that's sowing seeds, just sending the word out in, in one way. There are so many ways that we can consider ourselves as sowing the seed and spreading the seed. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
And we do not want to minimize the power and effect of uh, the Word of God just in, in many little ways. But also preaching the Word is, is God's ordained method to save souls. And this is a, a verse that I want to make mention of in relation to preaching. 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. So the preaching and declaring the mysteries of God is God's ordained method, and it's foolishness to the world, but to us it is, it is the power of God. It is how souls get saved. And I'm assuming every one of you could give testimony to the preaching of the word that has changed your life this morning. You think about all the opportunities we had in our life to hear the preaching of the word, and it is having an effect. Sometimes it takes a while, and our hearts are not always conditioned to receive the word, but we still preach the word wherever we go. So it is God's ordained method. And the other text I want to look at is Romans 10, 13 to 15. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they preach without a preacher? And how should they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So in that text there in Romans 10, he stands back and says, how will this ever happen? If the church isn't sending, if people are not preaching, if people are not hearing and calling upon the name of the Lord, believing there's a, a method that God has ordained and, and it is the way that souls get saved. We don't want to put God in a box and say it has to happen this way, but this is, I believe, clear from Scripture, God's ordained method, and we all can take part in that. To, to share the word of God. And it can become enjoyable. Uh, as we do it more and more. We exercise that gift. And we, we want to be those that take the time to, to preach and declare. And teach the word of God. And make it a lifestyle. So all are called to preach, and I want to consider every one of you who are in Christ Jesus to consider yourself as being called to preach. Not necessarily give leadership to the church or, or be an evangelist. Uh, those are specific callings. But this calling is general, just to scatter the seed wherever you go and make it a lifestyle and make it enjoyable and never minimize the power of God and the power of God's word. Just a word that is shared in many different ways can bring people into the kingdom of God. In Matthew ten seven, Jesus said to his disciples, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So as you go, preach. I like that verse. As you go, just preach. And in Acts 5.42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach 
and preach Jesus Christ. So they were radicals in the book of Acts. They opened their mouth and declared the word of God. They were thrown in prison. They came back out. They kept on preaching. They were stoned and they came up out of the stones and they just preached and preached and preached. It is a message you cannot stop. And someone was sharing with some of the the uh, limits and, and uh, persecutions that are coming in certain parts of the world. And it's getting to the point where we think about how, what the consequences are of opening your mouth and preaching the truth. And I've been thinking about that a lot more in the last year or two. As Christianity becomes uh, unpopular and freedoms are taken away, we cannot stop preaching the word. And, and I, I want to be faithful to the Lord in, in that. And I've never been put in prison for preaching. And we don't really think about that too much, but hopefully we can see ourselves as declaring the word of God no matter what. We continue to preach and declare the truth. The second point is the seed. I want to talk a little bit about the seed. And the picture here is a sower went forth. He's sowing the seed. And the seed is, is uh, clearly, the, without question, the word of God. So I want to uh, share a few verses and scriptures that uh, call to the power of God's word and, and God's ordained method of preaching. And we're not to preach our own agendas. We're not to preach... Uh, a lot of confusing uh, messages, but truth. And we're to declare simply the word of God, the eternal word of God. The first verse that I want to make mention is First Peter one twenty three. It says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto us. So here we have the eternal word. The, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Flesh is grass, and the glory of man fades away and falleth away, but the word of God endures forever. It is an eternal word. And, and Peter mentions in this text that we are born again by the incorruptible word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the new birth uh, comes through hearing and preaching the word. And Hebrews makes it very clear. Hebrews 4.2, the word must be received with faith. Hebrews 4.2, it says the word was not profiting them because it was not received in faith. It was not mixed with faith. So when you have anointed preaching and people hearing the word of God, it's received in faith. It is life changing. And that is the word of God, which we read, we study, we teach and we preach. It is God's word. And it's eternal. It will not uh, pass away. So I believe there's a supernatural that is happening 
Uh, many times, through the preaching of God's word, you hear this over and over again. Cornelius is an example. He was a Gentile who was following the ways of God and admiring the Jewish people. And he gave alms. He was praying. He was seeking. And the Lord appeared to him in a vision. The Lord appeared to Peter in a vision. And the two get together. And Peter enters into a Gentile's house. And he was out of his comfort zone for sure. But he knew God wanted him there. He knew he was called to preach to a Gentile. He knew he was to sit around the table of a Gentile. And he said, he, he came to an awareness. Now I know that God is no respecter of persons. Whosoever feareth God and works righteousness is accepted with him. Peter, the lights came on. And he began to preach. And I love the setting and the picture. There in Caesarea. In Cornelius' house, in a Gentile's house, six Jewish people, Peter, one of them, he's preaching Jesus. And they're listening, and I, I believe that they are receiving the word in faith. And they believe, and they, they, the supernatural happened. And as Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Sometimes I just take a picture, and I just like this picture of God in heaven, said he'll baptize with the Holy Ghost. And as Peter's preaching the word... They're all listening and receiving the word with faith and the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And the Jewish people stand back in amazement saying, God is accepting the Gentiles as well. They, they, they have the Holy Spirit as we do. But the point I want is that the preaching of the word received by faith and life change happened. And I believe that's how it happens. It's the eternal, the seed In Romans 10, I refer to that text, it's referred to as the word of faith. And I like that. Where Paul is comparing the righteousness which is according to the law with the righteousness which comes by faith. He said the Jewish people were seeking after a righteousness by law and they missed the righteousness that comes by faith. And the righteousness which comes by faith speaks this way. We don't go up to heaven to bring Christ down. And we don't go down into the abyss to bring Christ up. But he's right here. He's in your mouth and he's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. He's here. And we have it. Then he says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And with the heart, people believe unto righteousness. So the mouth is confessing. And the heart is believing. There's life change happening. And salvation comes. And the word of God is, is, is part of the supernatural experience. In the verses that follow, he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you have the questions, and how will this ever happen if there's no sending, if there's no preaching, if there's no hearing, if there's no believing, if there's no calling upon the name of the Lord? It it cannot happen if the church is not active in sowing the seed and preaching the word and the word of God received by faith. And that's how this supernatural happens. It is the word of faith that uh, we believe and preach. The part of this that I 
I can't explain completely because it's supernatural. It's the way God comes to a person and saves their soul. But I want you to clearly see the sower and the seed. And now we're going to look at the soils and the heart, which we know it's uh, I have a, an applicator here, but there's no seed in it. So if you have the sower and the seed, but, but no soil, I have a bag of clover seed sitting in the garage. It will do no good unless there's soil. And here we have a good look at the heart. And I believe we could talk a long time. We're going to just go through this. And I want to encourage you to, to look at your heart. And ask the question, is your heart right? Is your heart soft? Many of you, I believe, plant gardens. And we, we don't do that uh, since we moved up here. We don't have a place to plant a garden. But there's something beautiful about taking that plow out and plowing the, the ground. Well, two things I miss with farming is plowing and mowing hay. I mean, there are experiences that are just, just amazing. Plowing all day long, turning the old down and bringing the fresh up and soft, pliable soil. And then you get the soil ready for the seed. You wouldn't think about planting your gardens without preparing the soil. Many farmers are going to no-till and uh, this analogy breaks down because there's no-till. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about spray with Roundup and no-till. That's just not there. At least I haven't found it, but most farmers don't do this anymore. There's no-till. And it would make sense. I would probably no-till as well. It's cheap and they figured out how to do that, get good crops and all of that. But, but the analogy here is preparing the soil and getting the seed, a uh, soil ready for the seed. So the first type of soil, now you picture the, the sower out spreading the seed and the seed falling on four different types of soils. There's powerful lessons here. The first one is the wayside. Where all the travelers walk along the road, it's hard soil along the wayside. And nothing happens. The seed cannot penetrate into the soil and the birds come and snatch away the seed. The devil does not like when the preaching of God's word is preached under the anointing of God because things can happen. And if the heart is right and ready to receive the soil and the word is just received, life change can happen. So the devil comes and, and snatches the seed away. So the seed is falling. This is happening over and over and over again. Many hearts in the world today are hardened. Yesterday, Dawson and I and Bradley and Cody went to a, a guitar shop. And we went uh, a little bit of research in guitars. We had a good time. And the salesman was telling us all around and in our conversation. He asked where Shenandoah is and I got to tell him a little bit. We, we entered into a deeper conversation. We ended up into the where I wanted to go. And I asked him if he's uh, a religious person. Talked about our church planning experience and 
we were right down close to Blandon and uh, talked about a little church that we have there and asked if he's a religious person. And he, I could tell, he just pulled back and he said, I'm spiritual. And we talked a little deeper. What do you mean by spiritual? And we had a little conversation, but with surface level. And on the way home, we were talking. We, it was easy to discern. He's a wayside heart. He's hard. He's got his guards up and the seed was not going to penetrate into his heart. I don't know what had happened to over life's experiences. His heart became hard. So there's many people that uh, are like wayside soil. They're, they're not ready for the Lord. They have to have a, a breaking up of the fallow ground. They need to have some supernatural thing. They got to take responsibility for their hard heart and they don't understand. And they got their guards up and you still spread the word, but they're guarded and they're guarded. And the only way that that will penetrate if he sees the love of Christ, we came to that conclusion on the way home. He needs to see the real, genuine Christianity. Many people need to see the real deal, the genuine. They've hardened, and and it's worldwide. That's the days we're living in, but we cannot stop. We keep on spreading the word. We realize that many of the seas will fall on wayside soil. But as one preacher said, we're still feeding the birds. The birds come and snatch it away. So let's keep feeding the birds, spreading the seed and spreading the seed and giving a word wherever you can and showing them Christ. And it says that they do not understand. In the application, Jesus says the wayside soil are the ones that hear the word and receive it, but they do not understand. Man, yesterday, he didn't understand the real genuine love of Christ. Oh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe a little word was shared. Maybe something will happen in his heart. I hope. But they're the ones that cannot receive the word because of a hardened heart. And they cannot understand if the whole world would understand the love of Christ. Everyone would come rushing to the cross. They're blinded and their hearts are hard because of so many circumstances. We are the ones to just labor and and do what we can. To break down that hard heart. It's very likely the devil came and snatched away the seed that we planted yesterday. Maybe not, but I doubt whether he bended his knee and bowed his heart. What do you think, Dawson? You think he did that last night? Probably not. Let's not limit God, though, right? God can do that. Maybe it happened. So we keep on spreading the seed. The second soil is the rocky soil. And one thing I want to say about that, I think the ones that don't understand, it's, it's, it's important that we slow down enough to explain simple Bible verses and explain what it means and spend a lifetime getting better and better and better explaining God's love and explaining mercy and explaining grace and talk to them. Explaining because they do not understand. There's a blindness and a block to these wayside soil, the hearts that are hard. The second one is the rocky heart. They receive the word with joy. 
You stop right there, you say, wow, you like these conversions, right? Yes, they're saved and they're changed and they talk about it. They, they receive the word with joy and they, they have a bit of life change happen. But there's no depth. There's no depth and there's a tragedy coming to this heart as well. You see, when the word is planted in your heart and it takes root, we need to be rooted and grounded and let those roots go down and let the the depth happen. So that was the problem with the rocky soil. It says the word was received with joy, endured for a while, but when tribulation and persecution arise, account of the word, they're offended and they... The seed is 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 uh, snatched away. There's no depth. The Bible says it's very clear that the Christian life is not always easy. Actually, it's quite hard sometimes. I would think you would agree with me that it's not choosing the easiest life. And when tribulation comes, which it will... And persecution because of the word will come. It says that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. When these things come, the word and the fruit is uh, choked away. And and it it cannot uh, continue to grow in this heart because there's no depth. There's rocky soils. The rocks need to be picked up. This is one job that I don't miss. Picking up rocks or mowing hay is fun until you get to rocks. Uh, I still remember some parts of the field that were rocky. And you get some rocks into a hay bine and boy, it clunks and it's just not the way it's supposed to be. Rocks are good in their proper place. So the rocky soil, you need to pick up the rocks. And every year you plow again, you stir up more rocks. So you got to keep on picking up the rocks so that the seed can penetrate and, and have some depth. The problem in this heart was there was no depth, no root system to endure the tests and trials of life. James says we're to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith is more precious. Uh, The trial of your faith works patience. Let patience have her perfect work. So patience is very important when things get tough and trials come. We're to rejoice because our faith is strengthened and deepened. But these people, their hearts, I believe maybe they're Deceived in thinking that the Christian life is to be easy. Name it and claim it. Everything goes my way. And God's grace just keeps pouring in and they're not ready for the tests and trials that may come. The third one is the thorny soil. The ones that were the seed that was planted among the thorns. This is the heart that uh, receives the word and it begins to grow. But there's two things that are mentioned that uh, choke the word of God and keep.
keep it from bringing forth fruit. And they are the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word. The cares of this world. We could apply many things to this, but the cares of this world, the busyness of life and whatever you put into this cares of the world are choking out the, the fruitfulness in, a, in this person's life. And the deceitfulness of riches, it's very clear that this can choke the word of God in our lives as well. And I was meditating on this. What is the deceitfulness of riches that's mentioned here and the cares of the world? Well, it's very clear that you, Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. You cannot have two masters, so you cannot serve both. You cannot go to one and expect uh, your uh, place your trust in, in money and God. It will not work. You need to hate the one or you will, you will hate the one and love the other. Or vice versa, you will, you cannot serve both. So I believe the deceitfulness of riches is clearly seen in the rich fool who was deceived by his prosperity and riches. In Luke chapter 12, we have another parable where you have two brothers, or one brother came to Jesus and said, Could you go talk to my brother about sharing the inheritance? Apparently there was a problem in dividing the inheritance and he felt that Jesus would come to his help and his aid, go talk to this other brother and there would be fairness and the inheritance could be divided as it was supposed to be. We don't have a lot of detail, but that was the setting. So Jesus answered him and said, take heed and beware of covetousness. So now what a response that would be. He thought Jesus was going to come and straighten his brother out and everything would be solved. Jesus, the king of kings. And Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness for your life consists not in the abundance of the things which you possess. So there's the truth. Your life does not consist in the abundance of the things which you possess. He was deceived. Then he shared the parable of the rich fool who experienced uh, prosperity and he didn't know what to do. He was going to pull down his barns and build greater. And then he'll say, I have laid up much for many years. Sit back, eat and drink and be merry. And Jesus said, thou fool, this night your soul will be required. Then who will these things be? So I believe that's a picture of the deceitfulness of riches. Getting caught up in riches and not placing your faith completely in God. And this can choke out the word. In this parable. Last soil is the good soil. And we should spend a lot of time here. I want you to picture the best soil. Glendon, tell us the best soil. How much fun and enjoyable that would be to go out into some rich soil. Without a, a weed. And, and plant your crops. And to enjoy a crop in some of this well-cultivated good soil. It's soft, it's free of weeds, it's got good depth, it's, it's very productive soil, and some of the best soil, I like to go back to the Garden of Eden. That had to be some of the best soil in that garden there, and that would have been so much fun. 
plant some seeds and enjoy the uh, experience of planting and eating from, from the garden. When I want to compare that to our hearts, and that's what God is looking for, a heart that is ready, cultivated, soft, free of weeds, got depth to it. And that's the soil that God wants to plant his word in our hearts. And that soil will uh, bring forth, it says, a hundredfold, 60 and 30 fold. I don't know why there was a difference there, but this was fruitful soil. And this is the soil that God is looking for in our hearts I think there's there's uh, things that have to be laid aside. And there's uh, cultivation that is needed. James 1.21 says, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. So laying aside filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, that's part of repentance and getting rid of the things in our hearts and lives that hinder. And then opening up by faith and receiving the word with meekness, the engrafted word. Now some of the translations use the word implanted, and I like implanted word. Engrafted word is the implanted word. This word is implanted, infused into our hearts, and it's received by faith, and it brings forth uh, a change of heart and life and brings forth fruit for God. So in conclusion, I stand before you as one who has heard the word of God preached often. And I stand humbly recognizing that, that I'm in the minority of the world. I praise God for those men who took their calling seriously and preached, preached the word. I've heard many, many life-changing sermons and want to be committed to preaching the word as long as I live and to make it a lifestyle. Always learning, always growing, but spreading seed. I want all of you here to picture yourself as a sower. And you're saved to serve God. And you're saved with this amazing responsibility. Just hear the words of Paul. How will they hear if there's no preacher? How will they call on someone who they've never heard? And how will salvation happen if God's people are not declaring the word. So let's recommit ourselves. And I know many of you, all of you are doing this. Let's recommit ourselves to keep on doing this and make it a lifestyle. I also recognize that my heart is like a garden. It needs continual care and cultivation. And I want all of you to think about your heart as a garden. You know, some people do very well with their gardens all summer long. And others, come June, July, and August, they kind of 
give up. You know how that, that's a little how our gardens were many times. But I remember growing up as a boy, the Gaimans in our neighborhood, they had a, an impressive garden that would turn your head every time you went past, all summer long. I, I, I stand amazed at how diligent they were in their gardens. All summer long, they kept on cultivating and pulling the weeds and irrigating and and it takes work to continue keeping a garden uh, producing and and without weeds and i'd be that's a picture of our hearts as well we need uh, to our hearts need continual care continual hearing the word continual studying of the word and continual uh Receiving the implanted word and bringing life change. When we get to heaven, we'll only see the real picture. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, some plant, some water. I've added in there some cultivate. There's uh, counselors who dedicate their life to counseling and cultivating and helping people find freedom in their hearts. But God gives the increase. It is God that brings the increase. And we're to continue working for God's uh, glory, spreading the seed. And how beautiful it is to see life change happen. And I believe when we get to heaven, we'll really see. Maybe there's a word that you shared somewhere that led someone to salvation. You'll only find out. When you get to heaven and the rewards will just come splashing in. God will not miss one. He's there to reward everyone. So let's be diligent and continuing in the work that God has set before us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the parable, beautiful analogy. The sower, the seed, and the soils. I pray that you would just help us all to look deep into our hearts and uh, commit ourselves to continually guard our hearts because out of it flow the issues of life. Bless our church, family. We pray that we could all grow together in your likeness and one day live with you forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.